Your contributions help keep Living on Earth on the air. Please give generously at LOE.org today. Now, in American political speechmaking, God is rarely mentioned beyond the almost obligatory God bless America at the conclusion. But as he spoke in front of the Capitol, President Obama invoked a divine commandment to preserve our planet. So we asked the Reverend Richard Sizick, president of the New Evangelical Partnership for the Common Good and former vice president of the National Association of Evangelicals, to talk with us about how the president's religious rhetoric fits into climate change and politics. Reverend Sizick, welcome to Living on Earth. Hi, Steve. So why do you think President Obama decided to tie religion and climate change together in his second inaugural speech? Because he needs to make that connection, in my estimation. There is a contingent of denialists, denialists in the religious community who push back against this. And so actually putting it in the God context makes a whole lot of sense for the president. So why do evangelicals see climate change as their issue? We believe God said to care for the earth. From the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis all the way to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we know that God says, first of all, care for it, protect it, till it. And then all the way in the last book, he says, I will destroy those who destroy the earth. Now, that's an imperative. So how widespread would you say is evangelical support for action on climate change now? Some of us have been speaking about this for a decade. And while most evangelicals, I think, recognize the priority of taking action, they don't always agree with the methodology of doing it. We saw that over the cap and trade debate a few years ago. But over the general challenge of addressing this issue of the environment and of climate change, I think you'd get probably three quarters of all evangelicals saying, yes, we should do that. So when you say three quarters of uh, evangelicals in this country generally would support action for climate change, how many folks are we talking about here? Well, evangelicals are one quarter of the adult voting population of America. So if you count children, (laughs) then you're talking about one third of America. So you're really up to, if you count everyone, 100 million people, because we are a nation of now more than 300 million people. So you're talking about a huge swath of the American public. So tell me, to date, how much have uh, evangelicals involved themselves in the politics of climate change? A lot of evangelical leaders were very involved in the cap-and-trade debate back in 2010, and we know that we now face a challenge that's even worse, last year being the warmest year ever, and we still have a Republican Party that's pushing back and is resisting. We know that Congress that was elected in 2010 included at least 80 to 100 House members in the Republican Party who are to one degree or another resisting the president on climate change action. So the Republican evangelicals are the ones that really need to join this. That's why voices among evangelicals such as mine, frankly, are really important. How much do you think evangelicals are going to push their usually Republican congressmen for more political progress on climate change in these next four years? I think you're going to find thousands, tens of thousands who are doing that. Some of us are even willing to risk arrest through civil disobedience. We were at the White House just a week ago. The Secret Service wouldn't arrest us, to be quite frank. They didn't want to do so right before the inaugural. But there are those leaders within our movement who want to raise this issue as a prioritized issue, something that we either succeed on or don't in this administration as a test sign of, well, the whole success of the administration. That's how important it is to us. You were at the White House. What was going on at the White House? 
we had to pray in and we had an interfaith gathering. It's the interfaith uh, action on climate change movement. And we'll be back joined by others uh, led by Bill McKibben and the 350 movement on February 17th. That's President's Day. We did it last week because it was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And he, of all people, is an example to the nation of civil disobedience. And so, of all things, praying at the White House, getting yourself arrested, but we're not going to step back. We're going to continue to raise this issue before the American public. Well, praying and sitting in and getting arrested sounds like the civil rights movement to me. It is. I have called this, and African-American leaders is, have seconded it, that this is the uh, civil rights issue of the 21st century. See, not just for blacks and other minorities here in America, but for the people around the globe, the tens of millions who are being impacted already by climate change. And so this isn't something that might happen. It already is. And if we are not willing, I say, as religious leaders to risk arrest at the White House for praying, then how do we ever expect the rest of the public to listen to us. So churches, of course, have a powerful ability to organize and motivate people. What ways do you think that they plan to take action on climate change outside of the political spectrum? We know that individuals have to change the way they live. But in addition, our churches have to change. That may mean that they adopt the Energy Star programs to reduce energy. And we know churches are doing that already. So there are many different levels other than the political here in Washington in which people need to act. Now, it may be that the president chooses to use his executive power to push action this time around, knowing what happened to cap and trade. Well, then, well and good. We'll support him. We'll support the EPA. However it happens, you have to have political push that accompanies the other individual and community acts. Of course, you're a leading evangelical. What do you say to atheists about this? We need them as much as they need us. We, the people of America, means everybody. It means increasingly the so-called nuns, that is, those who profess no faith, which are now 20 percent, according to the most recent Pew polls. And we need them as much as they need us together to do this. And so while I think that this is a uniquely religious challenge, they would say it's a uniquely human challenge. I would say absolutely, you're right. So we're all in this together and we have to do it together. Richard Sizek is president of the New Evangelical Partnership for the Common Good. Thank you so much, Rich. My pleasure, Steve. For more reaction to the president's promise on climate change, including the views of Fred Krupp, the head of the Environmental Defense Fund, head on over to our website. It's LOE.org.